and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit differently, the message this morning. Uh, I've entitled this One Nation Under God. Hopefully you have an outline. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Uh, An usher will get one to you. But it's entitled One Nation Under God. And to start off, I would like for you to stand with me this morning. And I would like for all of us to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Will you do that with me this morning? There's our flag. So if you forgot the words, it's right here on the screen. So let's do that together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Let me pray this morning. Father God. Lord, we thank you again for the great privilege it is to live in this country. Lord, we have so many blessings. And Lord, sometimes it takes going to a place like a Mexico missions trip or another uh, third world country to realize the blessing and the favor we have here. Father, I pray that uh, sometimes, even even in our own states, if we go to another state, it It may feel like we're in a third world country or even in a city that may be living in poverty, Lord. Here amongst us in our own country, uh, it can be that way. But Father, sometimes we're sheltered from that and we tend to think that we are blessed and highly favored here. And maybe even think sometimes that uh, we have it bad, if that's possible. Lord, I pray this morning that you would remind us that uh, as we draw closer to you, You become a part of us. Uh, Our fabric of our country was created under the premise of you, of of, uh, constitutional beliefs, foundations founded in Jesus Christ. And I pray that that would always be the case. But Lord, even if it does, and even if those are eroded away over time, I pray that it doesn't change us. No, Lord, I pray on the contrary that it would just make us more resolute in our beliefs and our convictions that as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. So, Father, I pray that this morning for everyone here. I pray your anointing, Father, upon the words that I would speak this morning, that they would be received in the name of Jesus. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, look at your neighbor and tell them, we live in one nation under God. One nation under God. I'm sorry if you're an atheist, and I don't believe there's any atheists here, but I don't know how they can live in this country with their dollar bill saying, in God we trust, and all the other things that our country stands for, I don't know how atheists do it. I really don't. It boggles my mind. But here this morning, I don't ever speak on government or politics. I just don't as a habit, as a a regular thing, and uh, there's many reasons for that. But today I want to touch on the state of affairs in our great nation. And I want to first start off by declaring who our allegiance belongs to. You see, I'm not going to tell you today uh, on November 8th who you're supposed to vote for. That's your personal choice. That's your personal decision. And I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to make that choice. How many know that we should be praying when we vote and who to vote for? Amen? And it starts with having a biblical worldview. So what do, I, what do I mean by a biblical worldview? 
Well, first of all, it's based on the infallible Word of God. How many believe that this is the infallible Word of God? Meaning, it is written and is given to us, presented to us without error, without contradiction. This is the infallible Word of God. Amen? Are we all there on the same page? Amen. When you believe that this Word is entirely true, then... And only then can you allow it to be the foundation of everything you believe in in your life. Only then, when this is the foundation of your life, can, can you begin to have a proper biblical worldview. Romans chapter 13, and it's on your outline if you want to look at it. Romans 13 and verses 1 through 2 say the following. It says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever risks or resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring, everybody say the word judgment, Judgment. on themselves. Now, that's that's a key verse there. We're in those... Last days. How many know we're in the last days? Raise your hand if you know that. And uh, we have so many signs. My brother Ed, who's not here today, he's always telling us about those signs. See, God doesn't leave us clueless. He doesn't leave us without uh, a notion of what's going to happen, what's going to transpire. He always gives us signs, just like the signs we have out here that say, Foothill Christian, make a right. Foothill Christian, make another right. And then make another right. Oh, did I just make a circle? Okay. So they're out there. They're pointing you somewhere. God's the same way. He gives us signs. And, and so here, this scripture means to honor the governing authorities. And for us, this morning, I want to talk to you about our political uh, scheme, what, what, where we're at right now. And, and so when we look at that scripture... It should help you to understand that you need to research the candidates. You need to research the issues. But again, I'm not going to endorse any candidate here today. Uh, Even if I did like one of them or the other one, I still couldn't endorse them because to me, in my opinion, there's so much negativity regarding both of them. But what I am going to tell you is I'm going to talk to you about the platforms they represent. Is that fair enough? Amen. Amen? I'm going to talk to you about that. The above scripture means to honor the governing authorities by researching the candidates and issues and making voting a priority. There were, according to who, whatever poll you look at, there were anywhere from 4 million to 8 million evangelical Christians that did not vote in 2012, that didn't vote, that didn't care to vote. Now, that's, that's a sad reality, and, I, and I'm saying that because We have one more day to register to vote. You know, October 24th is the last day you can register to vote. You can do it very easily in the comfort of your own home if you have a computer. All you got to go is online and register to vote. And the reason I'm asking you to do that, it's very, in my opinion, very important. This election is going to be very, very important. Amen. Let me ask you and start off by asking the following questions. And just let these roll in your mind right now as I, as I ask them. Do absolute moral truths exist? Is absolute truth defined by the Bible? Did Jesus Christ live a sinless life? Is God the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe? And does he still rule it today? 
Is salvation a gift from God that cannot be earned? Is Satan real? Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith in Christ with other people? And finally, is the Bible accurate in all its teachings? If you answered yes to all these question, questions, excuse, excuse me, you have what's called a biblical worldview. That, and that's really the foundation, if you answered yes to that. Because that should shape and form everything you think about in the world, how you go about your business every day, when you can answer yes to those questions. If you can't answer yes to those questions, I'm going to continue to pray for you, amen? I'm going to continue to pray for you. God's word defines Jesus Christ as the good shepherd, the true vine. But for the most part, the rest of the titles that God gives Jesus, that Jesus has, are of a governmental nature, of a leadership nature. For example, he's known as king, lord, ruler, judge. He's known as governor of the nations. In fact, the apostle Paul, who was banished on the island of Patmos, he declared this. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. He's declaring that Jesus Christ is the prince of peace and the king of kings, essentially, is what he's declaring at that point. Later on, in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14, John declares he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen? He reigns over all of our leaders currently right now. He reigns over the United States. It's not President Obama or President Clinton or Trump or whoever our next president is going to be. They're not the ones that are going to reign over our country. How many know that? It's Almighty God. He's the one that determines our future. He's the one that brings judgment on our future. He's the one that reigns. Amen? Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 states the following. All authority, everybody say all. All, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Did you know that the words, the words has been denotes a past tense? In other words, he's already received it. Back then, I'm talking 2,000 years ago, and even prior to that, Jesus had all authority. It was given to him. He's the one that reigns today. It's not, it's not the, the, the president, again. It's not the, the general secretary. It's not the vice president. It's not the cabinet, Congress. Jesus is. I want to make sure we understand that, that the Lord of lords is the one that reigns in our country. Amen? Amen. He is the supreme authority and for his glory and mankind's benefit, he has created and established our government the way it works. How many know that we have a great democracy here, a great uh, country in that we can vote. We can vote and choose who we want into office. Other countries are led by dictators, which is called communism. And, and thank God we're not there. Amen. Thank God we have the ability and the favor to live in a country as great as this. And I thank God for that, and so should you every day of your life. Amen. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Not only is he the supreme authority of our country, but he should also be the supreme authority of yourself, of your family, of your church, 
of your government, of your local government, of your at-large government, you know, your, the, the country. All these governments, all these allegiances, as we say, Lord, you're the authority, what we're saying is, we put you number one, Lord. We're putting you number one. And it's necessary for us to declare that. If we don't do that, how can we truly say, Lord, bless this country, bless, bless the United States of America, if we're not putting him number one? Amen. How could we even dare do that? So, again, we need to realize that the Lord is number one. Amen. Again, the scripture verse that we read this morning in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. If you have that, it says this. For by him, Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Amen? The importance. Uh, that's where he belongs. Is he that to you right now? Is he that to you right now in your home? Is he that to you when you go to work? Or do you just turn that switch off and you say, well, he's number one here at church, but when I go to work, I don't even think about him. No, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Make sure that he's number one everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. As Christians, or, or a Christian is just as much under the obligation to obey God's, God's will in the most secular of his daily business. Again, don't leave here today and turn off the switch and say, my Christian duty is gone. Now I'm going out these doors. I'm going to my secular life, and I don't need God. No, God should be a part of every fabric of your life. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, amen? amen. Every part of your life. The kingdom of God includes all sides of human life. And it is a kingdom of absolute righteousness. Everybody say righteousness with me. Righteousness. You're either a loyal subject or you're a traitor. You are. There's no, there's no gray area. You're either a loyal subject or you're a traitor in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I'm building to where I'm, I'm going. So hang on. Because every one of us, if we're putting God first, if we're saying, yes, I have a biblical worldview of those questions that I asked and I answered yes to all those, I want to be able to one day hear those words from my Lord and Savior, well done, my good and faithful servant. How many want to hear those words one day, amen? Amen. And it's not just going to happen one day up yonder somewhere in heaven. It's occurring here today. Yes, he will utter those words to you one day, but when you do your, your Christian duty, your obligation to make sure that he's number one in your life and in your country and in your voting, he's going to be able to tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, each of us have to do our part here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We have to do our part. And I want to stress that part because I don't want the Gallup polls to show six months from now or three months from now. Yeah, another 8 million evangelical Christians failed to go out and vote. That would be shame on us. Shame on us. Again, if you're not registered to vote, you're 18 years and older, you got, you got till tomorrow. You can go online 
If you don't know how, come to my house. I'll sign you up. It's, it's really easy. It really is. But here, here's what I want to talk to you about regarding this upcoming election. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. Get that straight right now. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. But what I will tell you is this. Number one, there is a platform or set of core values and beliefs that as believers we each need to look at, at all, from all parties. We need to look at them because that's what you're identifying with. It may not be the candidate uh, or it may be. And, and again, forgive me today if, if I, if I uh, say something that's hurtful today, I'm just going to tell you right now straight up, this is coming from the word of God. If I offend you because that's not your political candidate, um, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to preach what God's told me to share today. Amen? And again, morally, spiritually, politically, and in every realm, God is shouting from the rooftops to this world, to this country today. He's shouting. He's trying to get our attention. How many know that? How many understand that? We, we've gotten to a place in our political system, it's almost embarrassing. It can be humiliating, the, the comments that other countries are saying about our, our great nation. I believe we still live in a great nation. How many believe that with me? How many believe God wants to do so much more in our nation? But here the battle comes down to two vital issues. Who is ultimately Lord and whose laws are to govern the affairs of men, okay? Who ultimately is the Lord and whose laws are to govern the affairs of men? Will it be Almighty God or Caesar? When I say Caesar, I'm talking about the government. Will it be Almighty God or will it be the government? Will it be the flawed laws of men, which men, in many cases legalize evil? Or the holy righteous laws of God that protect liberty, that Christ died to secure for each of us. Amen? You know, here's, here's what we see. Our nation is suffering such a moral decay. It really is. From within. I don't need to talk to you today about abortion. I don't need to talk to you. I'm, talking to, I'm speaking to the choir today about abortion, about pornography, about all the issues that grip our nation, about homosexuality taking or shutting down the Christian's voice. They're, they're trying to shut down the Christian's voice. Or our enemies outside of this country like ISIS or communism. See what they're looking at. They smell and they see our vulnerabilities and they're laughing at our country right now, which never used to happen before. This emboldens other nations and other leaders uh, like what you've seen this past week with the leader of the Philippines, right? Anybody see those comments, right? Do your, go back and check the news out this week. There are so many signs that are going on. It's, it's, it's really just showing us that the Lord is coming. He is coming, and he's coming soon, amen? Here's what our founding fathers understood. They understood that the, the needs, the truths for godly principle leadership. Listen to what George Washington said our first president. He said, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Whoa, a president said that. It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. You would never hear a president now say that, unfortunately. 
But it doesn't have to be, we're not electing a pastor to be a president. We're not electing a bishop, a deacon to be a president. Okay, so don't, don't get me wrong here. Here's, here's the other truth that I want to present this morning. The sobering truth is that God judges and restores nations based upon its leaders. How many know that this morning? God judges and restores nations based upon its leaders. If our sayings are, and doings are against the Lord, He turns us over to, guess what? Weak, inept, and wicked rulers. If you don't believe me, pull out the book of Judges in the Old Testament and read it from the first chapter to the last chapter. The book of Judges is filled exactly with that, of God's judgment upon the nation of Israel for the wickedness in their leadership. That's what's happening to us right now. Because we've strayed away from, from the fabric that I'm talking to you about, the platform that I'm talking to you about, about God's righteousness. You may not like to hear that today, but that's the truth. That is the truth. God judges and restores nations based upon its leaders. And here's the, here's the sobering truth though here. If we cry out in repentance, if we seek His face, and turn from our wicked ways, the scripture tells us he will raise up godly men. Amen? He will raise up godly men who will drive out evil, evil and establish righteousness in our midst, in our political systems, in our countries. I'm not saying these candidates, either one is capable of doing that. I'm saying God Almighty is capable of doing that. How many believe that this morning? Amen? All things are possible to him who believes. And I believe that our country, if the voice of believers shouts from the rooftops as God wants them to, we can change the things that are going on in our country. How many believe that this morning? So again, it's, it's imperative that we make our voices heard, that we go out there and do vote. As we look at the future of America, here's what we need to consider, what's at stake. You know, there's you know, they keep talking about three Supreme Court justices. You know, the next president may be uh, capable of in inserting, installing up to three Supreme Court justices, which sway the laws of this land in one direction or the other dynamically and in a great way. Um, that next president will have that ability and that power. Um, there are many laws that will continue or be reversed, possibly, depending on who's elected. There's, there's a much, much at stake in this election, amen? But again, my prayer is that we not look at the candidates. Ignore those. Put those candidates away. I'm talking Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whoever you have been looking at. Push them aside. Look at the platforms. What are they speaking on? What do they represent? That's what you and I need to look at, amen? amen. And if we do that, this is what, what we discover. From the study of history... It is clear that God moves forward by working through his people. It's vital, therefore, that we as a church, that we as his people, recognize our spiritual and civic duties before God. We must give him a reason to show mercy to our nation that stands at the precipice of more of God's judgment. I mean, I'm talking serious judgment. We've all read and heard things, if you, if you follow certain... Um, religious leaders about God's 
coming judgments upon our country. Uh, I'm talking about people like Perry Stone. How many ever heard of Perry Stone? And, and different speakers um, that, that they receive insight into what they believe is coming our way. And much like Brother Ed, there's signs. There's signs pointing us that, hey, look, there's this, this wicked curve coming up and you better watch out. And we can adjust right now if we, if we repent, humble ourselves, as the scripture says. Amen. So here's what I want to tell you this morning. It's imperative that we pray, that we believe ourselves, the family, the church, that are, regarding our, our culture, our government, that it can change, that God can, can change the very fabric of our nation and make us back to the country that initially was founded on his word, that George Washington said we needed to have, is his word. George Washington said that. I would long to hear a president say that. My, again, my concern isn't that we elect a, a pastor. That's not who we're electing as a president. But I want that person to be able to say, Lord, give me your wisdom. How many would want a president to say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And we pray for that. Regardless of who gets elected November 8th, who the winner is, your obligation is to continue to lift them up in prayer. You know that? Your job is still to lift them up, whether you agree with their politics or not. It's to pray for our leaders. That's a commandment from, me, from the Lord's word to you. Amen. We need to get out there and vote. Here's, I love what someone once said. In politics, your vote is the currency of your virtue. Ooh, check that out. In politics, your vote is the currency of your virtue. So here as I, as I close, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Every Christian needs to be registered. We need to exercise our civic duty and vote. We must use God's word, his principles. Because again, are you a believer? You call yourself a believer? Then go out and show it. Amen? Go out and vote for those platforms that best represent that. I never look at candidates. I'll tell you that right now. I never look. Since I became a Christian in my 20, late 20s, I never look at candidates. Why? Because we're all broken. We're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world. And one of them is going to disappoint you in one way or another. And then all the skeletons in the closet are going to come out. And then you're going to become disappointed if you get caught up in all that. I never look at candidates. I look at the platforms. What do they represent? What, is, what are they representing? Is it lining up with God's word? That's what I look at. And that's my prayer this morning, that each of you would do this, that you would ask, Holy Spirit, help me. Give me wisdom. Grant to me how I should vote, who I should vote for. And that goes for all the resolutions, the Senate, Congress, all that, not just our president. And if you'll do that, you can walk away and know that you did your duty as a believer. Amen? How many want to hear internally the Holy Spirit telling you, well done, my good and faithful servant? Amen? You don't have to wait until that day up yonder when the Lord tells you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my presence. You don't have to wait till then. He can tell you that now. The Holy Spirit can tell you that. When you begin to do His will, exercise your will, your rights, God will bless you. Amen? This November 8th, every responsible citizen should cast their vote. And please get out there and do that. 
As believers, again, as I close, we must trust in the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. To lead us and guide us and make informed choices, make informed decisions. Amen? Amen? That is our part. That is all we do. The rest is up to my Lord. The rest is up to your Lord to do. You can't fix this country. You can't change this country. Only the Lord can do that. Amen. But we got to do our part. Are you willing to do your part this, this coming election? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go out and tell others to go out and do their part? Tomorrow's the last day to register. Go home and do it today if you haven't done it already. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father God, Lord, we, we really need the Holy Spirit to illuminate and show us, Father, how not only you want us to vote, but Lord, the very fabric of our life to illuminate foundational truths in just every day-to-day life. And Lord, I pray that this morning that if, we, if there may be somebody here or somebody that has not yet made those foundational truths a regular part of their life, that Lord that they would begin to do that. And Lord, make you number one, put you number one, that they can truly call you King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that they can proclaim as Joshua did, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Lord, I pray that for every believer here. I pray for those of us, of our family that couldn't be here today. I pray that you would bless them, that you would favor them, that you would give them wisdom, Father, in this process. And so, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in this country, this great country of ours. You're, at the end of the day, Lord, at the end of November 8th, you are still God and you are still on your throne. And, Father, for that, we can never forget to say thank you, Lord, that you are the supreme authority of our great country. And so, Lord, we love you. Help us to do our part because then we know when we do our best, you'll do the rest. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said... Amen, amen, amen.